On this episode, what should I have on my podcast website? Welcome to Season 7 of Podcraft, and this is the Frequently Asked Question Season. See, we get questions every single day via the website, social media, all sorts of different places. We thought it was about time we go through as many of them as we can. I'm Colin Gray, I'm joined by Matthew McLean, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you're asking. Take it away, Matthew. So this was a question that came in through the website from Reese asking about his podcast website. So... Of course, when you set up a podcast, you don't actually need a website, do you? But it's yeah. it's really good to have one. You know, there's there's many many reasons why you should have a website. I, yeah. I don't really think we have to go through them all, but yeah. you know, a, a good. Well, I think I mean if, first, if your aim is only ever to have fun, to talk about something that you enjoy talking about, you know, if the, if the aim is just actually to do podcasting for podcasting's sake, then fine, no website required. Yeah. But as soon as you go beyond that and you want to monetize really in any way. Um, you know, even sort of try and move people. Like, if you're not trying to monetize, but you're trying to promote charity or you know inspire people into doing something, anything, then that's when you need somewhere to point them to, isn't it? You need them to go somewhere where they can see more information or take an action or anything like that. That's the whole point of a website, isn't it? Is getting them to take action on something. I think. Yeah. So when you uh, when you maybe discover a podcast and you have a listen to it and you want to go and check out their website, what are, what are some of the things that you look for, Con, when you go on a, a podcast website? I think, I mean, the most common uh, thing that I I go to a podcast website for is the resources, isn't it? It's the show notes. So you go on there, you're trying to get the things that um, that they talked about on the show. So I'll go there. I'll, uh, I'll be inspired to go there by their sort of call to action, as in like go and check out the resources, go and follow up the information. But then... I suppose a big point of the website is that you want to try and guide them elsewhere. So you want to try and guide them through the rest of your information. So the about page, for example, that's always quite important, isn't it? Because you want to, if if it's the first time somebody's listening to your show, then you you want them to buy into who you are. You want them to buy into your personality. That's the power of podcasting is that you're putting yourself across uh, yourself and your hosts, maybe your guests. So if you have a good about page, then that can give them a bit more about your personality, your background. It helps them to buy into you as a person a little bit more, which is another step along the way of them becoming a fan of your show. With the about page, I've, I've heard this quite a lot, that it's, it's traditionally the most viewed section of of a website right about page when somebody <laughs> lands on a, a site for the first time they'll tend to click there so yeah um an about page is an opportunity isn't it to to tell your audience sort of what you're all about but yeah, yeah. i think there's maybe a difference um between talking about you extensively obviously that the, there's differences is it about the podcast is it about you personally um but what you want to talk about in your about page a lot of it has to do with like about what your listener can get from listening. Yeah. So it's from yeah. there. Yeah, it's the benefits. Yeah. Rather yeah. than just, you know, here's yeah. my favorite food and yeah. well, depending on your podcast, that might be relevant, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. you know, a huge biography about yourself personally might <laughs> yeah. be completely unnecessary. No, no. I mean, I, I think the way it works is, yeah, you're exactly right. It's about the show. It's about, um, well, actually, no, it's about the listener first, like exactly like you say. So first thing is, what are the benefits for the listener? What are the pains they're experiencing? What are the benefits to listening to the show? As in, how are you going to solve those pains? But then beyond that, then start, you're starting to delve into what the show's 
about really the aims of the show and then why you're the best that's the next part of the puzzle is why you're the person best best positioned to solve that problem for them i think so here's the problem here's a solution that the show's offering and here's why i'm qualified to actually do this um and that's when you can start getting into your background and your personality i think and then you can also use your about page to link to maybe some of the the best stuff that you've got out there maybe yeah, yeah. you've got like a really good interview with somebody and you might want to point them to that as like well if you've not if you've not heard the show before check out this interview with such and such yeah. maybe somebody quite well known and it went really well um linking to just some of your best stuff on your yeah, site yeah, a couple yeah. of good articles or, or yeah. things like that so yeah um take up take take advantage of the fact that people are landing there. Yeah, they're there, yeah. I I, th- I mean, I think the next one of those actions as well is the contact, isn't it? So a contact page. It's kind of obvious, I suppose. You want somewhere people, people can get in touch with you. But get your contact details on there. Get your social details, uh, social media details, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook links. Uh, get a form on there so people can email you if you're not willing to put your email address directly up there. A form's sometimes easier for people anyway. Uh, and, you know... It, it's quite good to have things like a, a lot of people list a speak pipe link so that people can leave you a voicemail or maybe a Google voice number or, you know, a phone number of some sort so that people can leave you a voice message. And we've used a Skype number for that in the past where people can phone a Skype number um, and then they leave a voice message. You can bring that into the show. So I think that's probably a good second step. Like if you get somebody to your website, quite often a big aim for early stage shows, certainly even late stage shows actually, is just getting some contact, getting to know their listeners, building that engagement with them. And the thing about having your, whatever your podcast is dot com slash, that's my domain name, whatever your podcast <laughs> is dot com uh, forward slash contact yeah. is that when you are finishing your episodes and you want somebody to get in touch, you don't sit there and read them your email, your Twitter, no. your Facebook, no. your Patreon, all that stuff. You just send them to one place yeah. and, and it's all there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. A really important thing for podcasters to put on their website is a subscribe section yeah, because uh, you can't assume that everyone who's landing on your site is already subscribed to yeah, your show. In yeah. most cases, they probably haven't. So they want a clearly labelled subscribe section where they can go in and you don't just want to have an iTunes link, you want to have Stitcher, yeah. you want it. You want to have links to every single directory that you could be found in, even if you put your content up on YouTube, have your YouTube link. Yeah, just like yeah. give, you know, let them listen to it where they want to listen yes, and just yeah. use this section to, to let them know that it's all there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're not talking about putting it on like 300 different podcast directories, but you pick the, the ones you want to target the best, um, the most effectively, like, yeah, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, TuneIn Radio, that type of stuff, and put them all up there. Absolutely. But you're, you're moving here to uh, to the other reason for a website really isn't it the first reason for a website is that it's somewhere where your existing listeners go to either pick up a resource to look at more information about what you've talked about to engage with you more by contacting you you know to build that that to build more fans basically you're bringing them back to a home for your show but the second reason to have a website is that people will find your show not through podcasting, not through iTunes, not through TuneIn, not through Stitcher. They'll find it through the web if you do it right. If you have good show notes, if you have every single episode you put out, you create a blog post for it, essentially. I mean, a show, show notes are nothing more than a blog post with an audio file attached. And if you do it right, as in you create a reasonably substantial bit of text, you know, four or five hundred words at least, uh, 
talking about the resources, summarising what the show is about, t- showing some of the takeaways, you know, giving people some good information so that that show notes, that blog post actually stands by itself, then people are, t- then that ranks in Google. People can find that in Google and that brings more people to your show because they'll read those show notes. They'll think this is good information. I might listen to the episode too. And then, yeah, absolutely your subscribe buttons. That's when you want to get them subscribing to the, the audio of it as well. Yeah, with your with your episode posts, you you want that, and again, this comes down to your episode itself. You want a good <laughs> title and um, yeah. show notes. You could go down the the transcription route. Uh, we've been doing that for this. Yeah, season. that's an easy so way to do it. I think, yeah. Is it Rev the company? Rev dot com is who we use usually. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they've just been transcribing our conversations, and that means if somebody was to search for a particular thing, yeah, you know, it's, it might come up in Google. Yes. Whereas uh, at the moment, uh, Google's not really searching for audio. I dare say that. No. Will happen in the future, but um, <laughs> in your episode posts as well, you you want a media player in there. So if you use well any any media host that you use is probably going to give you a player. You know the Libsyn one is good, the, the PowerPress one with Blueberry yeah, yeah. is good. If you use SoundCloud, you know that's they've <laughs> they've got a nice player. I'll admit that. And uh, you're you're basically wanting to give the listener the capability or the person on your website the capability to hit play yeah. and listen to a bit of your episode. So they might not consume the whole thing at that point, and then a download button as well, where they could download it. Yeah. Um, so if you have that in your in your post, yeah. Too. I mean, I think a lot of people forget. Like we are probably listening to Podcraft. It's likely that you're an avid podcast listener, uh, so it's very likely that you listen on a, a podcasting app. Might even be that you're not on the <clears throat> the standard Apple app. You might have gone as far as to download Pocket Cast or Beyond Pod or something. And we, when we do that, when we are that into the the um, the medium, you forget that there's a lot of people out there that aren't so into the tech. And we have a surprising amount of people listen to the show on the web. They come on the website, they play it on the website player, and that's how they listen to it. They don't subscribe. They just come along and listen when they want to. And of course, your job is to try and make content that's so compelling uh, that you're able to talk them into downloading the app or, or just going on their iPhone and opening up the podcast app and subscribing. But you can't take that for granted. So some people still do download the show and put it onto an MP3 player or something like that. Some people do just want to listen on the web every time. So you want to make that experience as good as possible. Um, the other one that we use is um, Simple Podcast Press. Uh, by Hani Mura. Um, and it's a really good player, actually. It offers some great tools and it's got, a, um, I think there's a new version just out as well, which has got some good upgrades that I haven't tried out yet. But yeah, it's worth trying, checking that out too. I just want to pick up on, on something that you said there and it goes back to the subscribe section. Yeah. Depending on your topic, your topic and your target audience might not be technical at all. And in fact, we're going to do an episode on this in this series. But um if, if, for example, your episode, you know, none of them know what a podcast is, it's good on that on that section of your site maybe to have a video uh, explaining them what a podcast is, yeah, showing yeah. them how to subscribe to Aye, it. Absolutely. So, yeah. Again, that's topic dependent. If yeah. you're a really techie podcast, you probably aren't <laughs> going to have to do that. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But uh, it, it all comes down to your audience. Uh, yeah. One more thing on the, the episode posts is uh, share buttons are good yeah. as well. You, you want people to share your episodes, so yeah. make it easy. Yeah. Make it easy, definitely. We um, click clicks to tweet or something like that to let them tweet a quote or yeah. Yeah. But no, you're absolutely right. I've seen some great examples of that about like teaching people how to subscribe. So if they find your post um via Google and it's just text and have a thing, have a button on there somewhere saying what is a podcast that takes them to a page on your site that explains what it is and the benefits of subscribing. So yeah, it's a good idea. 
Another thing uh, that I'm a big fan of is for for podcasters to have a full episode list on their website. Oh yeah, so sure. that you could at a glance just look at their back catalogue. Yeah. Um, when you've been doing a podcast for for a long time, I'm not sure the number that iTunes caps it at now. I think it displays. Is it a hundred or is it more now? I think it was uh, three hundred last is time I checked. But yeah, right. we'll so, I mean, look at that again. It does take you a while to hit that, but yeah. don't assume that your entire catalogue is available on on places like iTunes. Yes. sometimes they're going to put a cap on it. Yeah, yeah, and and you're. You're not wanting that to be the go-to place that they go. You're wanting it to be your own website. Um, when people are are thinking, well, this podcast it has the info that I'm looking for. Yeah. They want to be going there and searching through your yeah. episodes. So yeah, you want to make it as easy to navigate as possible too. So not even an episode list is is a great idea. It's a good start. Um, but even using things like categories and tags to really smartly. Um, you know, categorize the topics within your show. So when we are talking about podcasting, for example, we've got categories on the show about, um, you know, like WordPress. So we're talking about websites just now. So I'm sure I've got a tag, which is WordPress. So it's every episode that I've ever talked about WordPress uh, on is tagged WordPress. So they can click that tag and they can see all of the shows that are related to that. Um, And I mean, ours... um, I do, we do podcraft in a seasons-based format. So actually our categories are the seasons, but it means they're really well categorized towards those topics. So the last season was about um, presentation skills, creating engaging episodes. So they can click that category and they can list just the episodes on that category. Whereas even if you're not doing seasons, you're a, a tech show, you could have a category which is, you know, Apple. And then that would bring up all of the episodes that talk about Apple products. So it's, it's offering that navigation through your back catalogue that lets people see what you've done around certain topics and browse the stuff that they want to. A couple other wee details, I suppose, that we need to cover. Uh, things like domain names. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when you when you want to get a website for your podcast, yeah. um, is there any sort of do's and don'ts, do you think, for, for choosing a domain name? Oh, just as short as possible, I think, while still making it memorable. So you can you can go a bit over the top and actually make it something quite abstract to make it very short. But uh, I mean, well, actually, do you know what? It's it's not even that important these days because you know you can have quite a long domain and actually people are used to remembering these things. So like if you've got a show like what's audio drama production podcast yeah. your show. So I mean you could have audio drama production podcast dot com and that is a relatively long domain, but people will remember it, won't they? Yeah, because it's the name of the show. Yeah. So actually. Um, I don't think these days there's too many hard and fast rules. Getting a .com is really valuable because that's the first thing people go for. Like if you say audiodramaproductionpodcast.co, then fine, you could get that. But actually a lot of people will forget that you said .co and they'll mm. type in .com. Yeah. So uh, getting a .com, even if it's a bit of a longer domain, can be more valuable. Um but there's a lot more extensions out these days. Like you've got like dot club dot bike dot members dot x y z. You've got all these extensions, which can be a bit more expensive, but give you a lot more options as well. So yeah, don't spend too long on it. I think a lot of people spend ages trying to find a good domain. And actually, <laughs> and to, I don't know if this is just me, but if I listened to a podcast and wanted to visit their website, the chances are I'd probably just type it in. Yeah, exactly. You search uh, the name the of it. Totally. Come up anyway, but <laughs> it's certainly something to think about. Is domain names uh, perhaps more important nowadays? Uh, a final point is is to make sure you've got a a website that works on a phone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. 
you know, it's, it's 2016 time of recording, <laughs> and you you still come across websites, some of them for, for big companies yeah. that, that don't really work on your phone. You know, you have yeah. to like um, expand it with your fingertips and yeah. sort of navigate through it because it's designed for a desktop. Um, a lot of people now just won't put up with that, they'll yeah. just leave yeah. the site. Yeah. So, WordPress is really good for this, now, yeah. isn't it? I yeah. mean, most of their if not all of their themes now are going Most to their modern their themes are responsive, yeah, so they'll change. And I mean, if you build your site on Squarespace or Wix or any of those, or any of the new services that make building a website so easy, then uh, they pretty much all have responsive templates too. But yeah, you're right, it's worth keeping an eye on because you could choose a template in WordPress that actually doesn't uh, respond to being viewed on mobile and it's, yeah, bad experience for folk. And it's just about checking, isn't it? Like, y- you could sit and perfect your website on your computer and it looks brilliant but you know make sure you you run through it on your phone even better give your phone to someone else ask them to navigate it (laughs) um if you've got an iphone make sure you're having a look on a a samsung phone as well um so just like making sure that it looks good across all platforms on tablet and everything and don't just assume that because you could see it looking good it it looks good across the board yeah yeah just a bit of good practice there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Last thing we'll say on this one, I think, uh, is a couple of extra resources that you can go to. One of which is an article you wrote on websites in your promotion series, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So that's, um, we'll put links to that in the show notes. Indeed, yeah. You can find the show notes at episode number seven this time, isn't it? So podcraft.net forward slash 707 and you can find the show notes for this uh so yeah we'll link to our matthew's article there uh you can also check out our free course so we've got a free course called peerless podcasting websites and it's how to set up your own website using wordpress so if you decide you want to self-host a website use powerpress to deliver it or um, alternative tools as well then you can see exactly how to do that within that course so you can see that over at podcraft.net forward slash websites and that's the question for this week thanks again for listening thanks again for spending some time with us i just want to say as well during the course of this season we're actually launching our new community which is called fan fishing it's all about creating new fans for your podcast really engaging with people figuring out all the questions around podcasting helping you to create a more engaging podcast and get it out every single week so if you want to check out what we're doing there over at that community um, from support to courses to live sessions to to university still teaching then go over to podhost.me forward slash fans and you'll see the community there so i hope to see you there please do check it out and either way we'll see you on the next one where we'll be answering another one of your questions of course send them in as well send in any questions you have to info at thepodcasthost.com we'll hopefully answer it soon see you next time Mm